0: only get one life to live, we only got one life to live Yeah, I feel the shit in my spirit Whatever I got, I'ma give Yeah, I had to look in the mirror So that's what I got up and did Yeah, now that I see what it is I finally feel I can get out and live 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 Live. Alright, y'all We are back with another episode of Pure Potential, the podcast. This is episode three or four. No, 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 no. We're on episode five. Five. We're on episode five. So I have someone special here with me. You all may know him as Sam. I know him as Shay. He's the proud owner of Progression, a black-owned business that's a storyteller. Um, I guess he does a lot of storytelling. We're going to get into a little bit about that. But he does a lot of different things. Um I don't want to define him as just, just being um a person that's just into one thing. He does many things. Um but this is my brother and I'm glad to bring him on and let the world get a chance to know him. So our guest um Shay Adelake. Appreciate you having me.
1: Um and I do want to like emphasize that the reason why I'm a special guest is because I am his brother. Um, I feel like a lot of people say like, "Oh, that's my brother," but like, that's actually my brother. I call a lot of people my brother, but this is actually like my brother, brother. So uh, I appreciate you having me, bro. Nah, Episode five you. is like a perfect Episode round five. number, um, too. So it's gonna be special. It's gonna be send send the vibe. You got the you feel me? Uh, got the candle lit. You,
0: you got the one of ones,
1: the one of three progression shirts too. Yes. I appreciate you rocking.
0: I can't really show the back right now, but. You know. you know, I got I the hoodie version on right speed. now. Actually. Oh, you do? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm. I'm glad. You know, and I just want to clarify too, since we're we're here now, I do not get <laughs> things for free. <laughs> so. which I think
1: is also really funny that you're saying that because you definitely did get that shirt for free. This,
0: this, you know <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This is the thing where it's like it's once every blue moon. This is one of those things that I was yeah. able to get for free. Yeah. yeah. But. Yeah, I just wanted to let that be known, so, you know. Pay for your stuff. Yeah, basically. So, um, yes, I appreciate you coming on. Of course. Um, I look into diving into just different things. Um, first and foremost, please like, subscribe, and share. Um, You all have been wonderful checking us out. Making sure if you do check us out, just make sure to like, subscribe, and share. And share. And share. And share. So, um, just going straight into it, really wanted to know... What what is, what um inspires like your fits like, I think you have like a signature. I'm looking at it right now. But, <laughs> <laughs> I definitely have a signature. The, the cuff pants. I love like, cuff
1: pants, man. Um, I guess start. Oh, when did it start? I would say it probably started like in high school. Um, where like I just really liked uh, like just cuffing my pants. I thought they looked uh, much cleaner with the yeah. clothes that I was wearing. Um, but back in high school, my pants were a lot tighter. Um, so I think I went to a transitionary period where I went from like the super tight pants to like the more wide leg pants until I finally got to what I would consider my style to be which is like the super comfortable yeah um so if it's not comfortable I'm not wearing it um even like when I wear like dress dressy clothes um for like formal events um it still has to be like extremely like comfortable so you really won't see me like wearing a traditional suit it'll be like my interpretation or my take on what I think is like supposed to be that events like theme um so like yeah my my fits always just consist of like one shorts or pants that like come up short that are cuffed and then two i think um a hoodie
0: like i'm always always in a hoodie
1: that's um, fact as well even if it's 75
0: yeah, yeah I'm, always, I'm always
1: wearing a hoodie um i'm typically wearing a hat as well um and then like some sort of like jacket or like that kind of like feels like a kimono of sorts mm-hmm. almost so like I really like these jackets recently because like they kind of like fold over each other yeah I remember over the summer I was like super into kimonos Even when I was yeah. in Nigeria We're I designed Nigeria. a kimono yeah. uh, as well so um yeah I think anything that's just like super flowy um muted colors it's interesting like I'm someone that doesn't necessarily like change their style like I I, I everything I wear, I consider it to be a uniform. Like for grad school, for example, I wear the exact same outfit every week and just wash it. Um, But like, basically um, I don't spend any time worrying about what I'm wearing. So I can spend the rest of the time like wondering what other people will be wearing. So like, I'm the person that really likes to like dress people up like we we were having a conversation like just last week um they were like yo like would you ever want to be a stylist i was like yes i would love to like dress up a bunch of people um as well so yeah i think like yeah i spend less time focused on what i look like so i can spend more time focused on what people
0: look like yeah and i was gonna go basically into the next part where do you when it comes to your style are you giving the world a take of like what you would want to see them wearing? Like, 100%. just the design process with that, like... It's
1: actually crazy. So there was a girl that called me yesterday. We are working on a Black History Month committee together at UIC. Um, and she was just like, yo, like, um, I-, I was wearing your jacket today. I'm going to wear it at the event that we have later this week. Um, but I'm super excited to wear it because, like, I've just never, ever had anything like this in my in my closet before. But yeah. because you're so- you sell it, um, it has such a good message to it. Like, I decided to, like, you know, buy one. Um, So, like, yeah, I think I've made a like decision or I noticed something a long time ago um where it's like a lot of my homies really enjoy um the the clothes that I wear mm-hmm. um but they don't always necessarily know where to get it from um or even know that it's an option for them to wear it um and so like for me whenever I sell anything my number one rule is I don't sell anything I personally wouldn't wear okay um so like I always find it weird whenever you like have a brand and you're not always wearing your brand. Like my brand is genuinely my favorite clothing line. Yeah, you know. Um, but like, yeah, I think also I want to be able to expose like my audience to like brands. So I like super basic stuff too, right? Um, and like this will get into a much larger conversation, but like, like, like a Carhartt vest, right? Like whenever I wear my Carhartt vest, people are like, "Yo, that's super fire!" But I'm like, "Like, yo, I got this from like a super like." straight up like workwear store right yeah not wear fancy it's not special it's just like a car but because they've never seen it before or because like they liked the way i styled it um at some point i was like oh i want to implement something that has a very similar cut to a car heart vest because i think people will receive it well um but then i'll be able to put a whole story behind it so that it'll make yeah. sense for the brand um as well but like yeah i definitely make the clothes
0: that i want to see like our people and when i say like specifically our people i want i want them to wear yeah okay cool are we gonna ever see that come into like fruition with other things like maybe shoes or you know just other pieces that are are also part of like you know clothing or even seeing your designs in other things outside of clothing yeah um i hope that's the goal you know i'm
1: trying to say i think to like to the original point though i think um i am super like interested in being able to like design more than just a t-shirt for sure and i think i'm working on a thesis project for my final year of uh, grad school that i actually get a chance to do that Mm -hmm. um so you know when i went to nigeria last year um i was down there with mom and we just pretty much was able to lock in and like design a bunch of like jackets You've seen the entire collection so i'm super excited to like roll that out because no one will be expecting it as like a progression release um but it does kind of hopefully foreshadow to what the future is um because i genuinely love making clothes like so much like i'll finish a collection for someone or i'll finish a collection for myself and like, you know, I'll literally be like, yo, I'm so good at this. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Say? Like I really am passionate and I love it so much. Um, so like I think I want to be able to like, yeah, uh continue making clothes and doing it full time and like potentially like either being a part of a fashion house or starting my own fashion house mm-hmm. as well. So like, you know, shout out to like Pharrell and, and like a, Kid yeah. Super, you know, and Virgil. But like yeah. that's the goal for me, right? Is um like being able to like go into these spaces, especially spaces that have profited so much from black culture um and being able to come into those spaces and recontextualize the work that they've made in the actual context it's supposed to exist in right yeah. you think of like the collaboration of like dapper dan and gucci right and how like dapper dan like would take you know, fake Gucci prints or like actual Gucci bags and like cut them up and like come up with these whole new silhouettes that Gucci, then Gucci in turn would actually lean into that. So it's like being able to be like, yo, I wanna work with like Louis Vuitton and like go into their history, see where they pulled references from black people and actually, Take that same reference, but recontextualize it with Black people in mind. Um, and then to your other point, yeah, do I want to make other stuff? Definitely. Um, I'm super passionate about, like, making home home furniture. Like, mm-hmm. I really want to do some home good stuff at some point. Um, I just want to be able to create a universe that's in my head and like have it become something tangible that people can exist in. Um, Cause yeah, I'm very interested in the relationship of like people and products and how we relate to the things around us, right? Um And yeah, I, I just, yeah, I think everything that can be done has been done. So I just want to be able to like share my interpretation based off of what yeah. I've learned,
0: yeah. And one of your things um from, I think the anniversary mm-hmm. from <gasps> that was concept yeah. to reality. Yeah, that's, that's what true. I was thinking yeah. like when you were just speaking on it, like you, legit like we'll start from the drawing board Mm -hmm. um what does that look like the drawing board for you and then how do you like essentially take that concept and turn it to the reality like what does that process look like for you
1: yeah i think um i'm trying to find out what that process looks like for me now it definitely has changed because since i've been back from like nigeria since we went back in december um, um yeah man my spirit's been like off i don't know how much we talked about it but like i just been going through, like, a lot of things um, where, like, my spirit is so physically, like, so exhausted, it makes me, like, emotionally exhausted, which mm-hmm. then makes me physically exhausted to the point where it's, like, if all I can do that day is, like, take my shower, then, like, that's a W. So, mm-hmm. like, I think, like, I've been trying to figure out what the process looks like for me now so I can get work done because, like... It's weird, I'm in a really weird place right now where it's like, it's February and I know what I was doing January 1st of 2022 mm-hmm. versus like what, I'm, what I've am what i gotten accomplished so far in February 2023. So I'm definitely working, but I'm definitely not working as fast as I would like to. Um, I do know my life has picked up significantly more since then um, as well. So I, I am trying to give myself some level of grace, but I think originally how things would start off is um, I would have an idea, I would go to my computer, I would sketch it out, and then I would get a sample. And okay. I think I always tell people whenever you're working on any, anything, and, and even I've been trying to get myself to remember that like, if, if all else fails, if you can work on a project and make it real for yourself, that sometimes is enough to put the battery in your back to keep going. So like what I used to do is whenever I had an idea, if I can't get it all printed all at once, I would go on this website called uberprints.com. Mm-hmm. I would upload my design on there and I would just order a t-shirt so I would be able to see what the physical yeah. sample looked like. And sometimes like when that came in the mail, it's like, okay, I'm tweaking. The world definitely needs to see this shirt. Yeah. It's one thing to see the completed project on the computer, but it's another thing to actually see it in the world and touch it mm-hmm. and then wear it and then have it on you. And then because like, yo, fuck with it. You know what I'm trying to say? Just saying all this type of stuff. So I think that like, that's probably what I need to get back to, man. Cause I, I you know, I think a lot of bad things obviously happened during 2020 with the pandemic and George yeah. Floyd and all that type of stuff. But I think also like, it was a time of solitude for me where like, I literally had nothing to do other than like what I was passionate about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think uh, that's what I need is I want to get back to like who I was in 2020. I, I look at some of the projects that we was doing, right? Cause yeah. he was there yeah, Taking pictures shoot. of everything, you know what I'm trying yeah, to say? Shoot, you are man. the documentarian. And I was yeah. actually getting really emotional about that the other day, too. Um, when I was thinking about you in relation to what we did, um, for Thanksgiving and stuff like that. But I was like, Yo, like, I guess the point I'm trying to make is everyone has a talent, right? Everyone has a gift, and I think that, like, you have to be able to understand that, like, you are doing the world a disservice if you're not like being diligent and executing all your ideas. And so, whatever that looks like yeah. for you, you have to figure that out. But for me, it always was like taking the samples and then seeing it in the real world. And I think another thing too is like, once again, adding the context to it as well. So that's like, when, I, when I'm when i able to be like, yo, like yeah, I could design a t-shirt, but if I have a whole t-shirt and I'm able to develop the concept around it, then like I can help put my brother on, like with mm-hmm. having him photograph it and so on and so forth. Um, I can help put my homie on who wants to be a model and like so yeah. on and so forth. So I think like, it's also just realizing that like your talents and your gifts have the ability to uh, bless other people, um, or at least let other people find out their own talents and gifts through like some of the things that you're working on. And so it's like, yeah, I don't know, sometimes God is funny in an interesting yeah, way. And I think, like, this conversation definitely is going to be the battery in my backpack. I'm like, let yeah. me get all this let <laughs> get all this stuff together, man. So I appreciate you asking me that.
0: No, thanks. And then um, really just starting, you know, I want to come back to a few points. We'll come back to the part about Nigeria, what you were doing out there yeah. specifically. But um, starting first before even progression, what was, like, your first designs that you were playing around with? Like, yeah um i I, i've been thinking about this a lot intensely too
1: remember growing up i used to draw all the time i don't know why i stopped drawing oh (laughs) it hurts because like i'll try to draw now and it's so bad um but i you know i used to draw all the time as a short um so i have to find it it's somewhere in my room um but basically shark shark i'm happy you remember so i had this brand that wasn't a brand uh called shark clothing. It's like dated 2010 and everything, but it yep. was super ins- inspired by streetwear. I am happy I did find it though, because even though I might not be able to find the original sketches, I do know what it looks like. Yeah. Um and my goal is one day is to like actually print out a shark, you know, shark. Just, brand. Yeah, just because you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. But um yeah, I guess the way I started was um yeah as a shorty um remember uh my love I don't love telling the story but I, I always reference the story. Um super bullied in eighth grade yeah. um or seventh grade specifically. Seven or 8th grade I can't even remember now but basically what ends up happening is um they're having like an award ceremony and I win a bunch of awards and I come up to school with like the ugliest outfit like ever and I have a pair of Jordan ones low top or mid tops um the old love from the old oh, love, from the new pack, love. yeah and it genuinely had a hole in the bottom mm. of it and mom basically was like we take we was taking pictures and she was like I can't have my son out here winning all these awards and like <laughs> looking like this. So she legitimately took us to the mall, like yeah. right after the ceremony, River Oaks, and was like, yo, you can buy whatever Dude, shoe you like, want yeah, on this <laughs> band. It was like on whatever, like I think it was like on a like a hundred and fifty dollar budget or something like that. Mm-hmm. And you know who I and I think you've know, you made me realize this too, um, where like, but you know who I am, where it's like I'm not always about like getting what's trendy, mm-hmm. I'm about making a cookie stretch. Yeah. So what I did was Got like I, remember, I ended like, up like three, three pairs because I was like, I um, remember going straight to the sales rack and yep. I'm finding all of the fire stuff that yeah. no one else wanted because they ain't got eyes yep. and I'm going to buy all of it. And so, like, that's what eventually started everything because then from there, it was a website, Dr. J's. You remember oh, Dr. J's? Right. <laughs> <laughs> you put it on low time. And, and, and just even these small references, right? Where yeah. it's like, you, you literally, like, we Jimmy had to J. shop because it was we, like, you know, we didn't we have, you know, we wasn't. Terribly broke, yeah. but we also, like, didn't have- Let's like make that. stuff stretch. Yeah, so it was it like, but once again, like, whenever I was anywhere, it made me figure out how do I do the best I can with the little I have. I have. So it was like finding the best t-shirt on sale or, like, putting it from low to high yeah. and shopping that way and being like, this shit, $5 and y'all don't want it? Yeah. I know how to style this. I'm going to make it tough. And For literally, it's like It was scary because overnight, I literally had went from, like, the kid who was a nerd and constantly bullied to, like, being one of the most popular dudes yeah. in grade school because I could dress well. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? It was just, it was weird. Um, yeah. And so, like, it, it never, but for me, it's like, even though people, like, I guess you could say, like, gave me a little bit more respect, um, it didn't necessarily change how people, like, continue to interact with me. So I'm mm-hmm. still kind of forced to be a loner uh, to an extent. And so I, what I did was, you remember, I would hog the computer at the crib all the just... time. And I would just do research. Yeah. i literally spent hours John on. Cena. I you know, I you remember everything. I used to write books and like all this type of stuff. And I remember like I would constantly like Google like Jay-Z outfits. I remember mm-hmm. Googling like Kanye West outfits and trying to like replicate, like, oh, these these niggas is fine. All they have is a black tee on. Mm-hmm. Go to the beauty supply and we get black tees. Yep. We would get white tees and so on and so forth. So it just start like literally trying to figure out. So one of my favorite stories, man, is like for real. And I, I wanted to create a concept. Um with with one of my homies but like Pharrell was like wearing the BBC at the time and it was like a BBC vest like a BBC hoodie with like these super like nice raw denim like sneakers and so on and so forth and I remember taking that picture and essentially like having a South Pole South Pole vest with like an Echo hoodie um, like black pants I had this ugly chicago bulls windy city fitted fitted cat um and like yeah basically when we went on the school trip it was me and miles that's my childhood best friend and i remember him being like yo you're so fly right now and like you're so fresh like when we get to high school like you're gonna be one of the best dressed people there so on and so forth and it was just funny because it was like it was just my interpretation of what pharrell was doing and so like to even answer your question earlier like everything that has been done can be done has been done and so our role as artists and as creators is just developing our own interpretation so you know, that we can add it to um, the canon and yeah. the conversations that are happening around it and so like yeah um that's pretty much how I got into clubs like I was like by random chance won a bunch of rewards for being a good kid in school and then just like taking that leveraging it and just kept building on top of it until like I started making my own interpretation, which was short clothing. Yep. Uh, I walked away from the clothing thing for a little bit just because I thought I was going to medical school. I thought I was going but to be a doctor. But even I rapping. I was a rapper, yo, know, yeah, I rapped. I did. I definitely <laughs> used to rap. Um, <laughs> yes, man. Uh, shout out Gentry and FemBat. Yep. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say? I um, remember y'all. Yeah, so we would like, yeah. So Malik, Kid, 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 Kid Will, yeah. So like, yep. I just remember like, yeah. So like, that's another thing is um, just allowing all of the... Um, things that I did do as a shorty though come together. Yeah. Um and I, I really genuinely appreciate you introducing introducing me as a storyteller because that is what I tell people I yeah. am primarily. But like like you said, I remember I would be on Wikipedia learning about like John Cena and like literally making like biography books about him, right? Mm -hmm. So that was the writing being established. I used to draw. So that was the design being established. I used to rap. So that was like the storytelling um, being established. And once again, some more of the writing. And so like, it's interesting to see progression become this hub for me to write what I want, uh, to design what I want, to draw what I want, um, to like pretty much develop whatever I want um, that all relies on the past lessons I've learned in my life. Um, So like, yeah, I rap for a little bit uh graduated from uh high school my mom was like i hope you ain't really trying to be a rapper for real yeah so from rap i learned about uh spoken word so when i got to college the URC, i ended up doing a bunch of spoken word stuff um and then i want to say like all while this is happening fat tigers popping off and i'm like yeah. on their page like constantly looking into that big homie sensei all of those dudes um and just constantly like just wanting an opportunity uh, to I like, get a chance to work with them, but not really understanding how to get that opportunity yeah. or like when I would apply for stuff, it just never really working out. Um, so I just remember like being in my home girl's room and like designing like my first t-shirt, like um, that I couldn't end-, end up getting printed. But then um, I guess long story less long, I ended up like developing like PWTK, um, which, was, like, the ori- with the yeah, which was like the original name of the brand um, and like printing that out. Um, and I remember the day it came in the mail, you was in the kitchen with me and he was like, yo, that shit kind of decent. Can I have it? And I was like, I just got someone to like make my, I always tell people, man, like it's, it's easy to make nice clothes, right? The hard part is getting people to buy it, you know, like want it. Um, so like, nah, you was like the first person to be like, yo, let me, let me get that tea. I was like, I can for sure. Do you still have it?
0: Um, I know you that, had it a couple years. ago. I had it a couple years yeah, ago. I, I wore it a lot in yeah. college, and then I think I low-key gave it to somebody because it was getting a little, a little tight. tight. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, I
1: probably ordered like on a size medium because I was a little, little kid at the time. So. It was a great. It was a great top yeah. with the colors, yeah. um,
0: different colors on the the um, PWTK. Yeah, and then like um, the the fist. Then the fist one oh. that was on the back. But you know who designed that? Who did? Samad. Wow.
1: So Samad, Shout out to, Samad, bro, so Samad is a friend of ours that we went to school with in Nigeria. That that's he crazy. Was able to reconnect when we went back.
0: That um, was that was tough. No, that was definitely, circle. yeah, that was yeah. definitely tough. And then going back to the night of the um the anniversary, you had did um uh hosted an event inside Soho, and then you had laid out essentially all the Everything from all your collections that you've yeah, ever made, yeah, yeah. and it wasn't an all white. Yeah. I still am waiting for my Malcolm X. So that's crazy. <laughs> no, it's wild. It's
1: downstairs. I okay, it. cool. Yeah, I so it. that's
0: actually dope because I, I, I love, and I, that's what I was kind of going into next. So essentially, he had displayed everything that night, and then you had a, obviously like a panel um, just kind of discussing um, with Gentry how you got to this point and things like that. But then, um, what was the space at Congruent Space? Was it Congruent Space or was it eighteen? It was another space though.
1: Oh yeah, it was um, twenty forty eight.
0: Twenty forty eight. So then that night you actually auctioned off the Stuff items, America, right? Yeah. So it was really cool though. So it was you had an opportunity to have one of the um, products that was in all white. So one of the ones that was like actually, um, you know, trying, to, uh, bid for trying to bid for somebody else is like bidding for it, you know. Didn't end up getting it. Didn't end up getting <laughs> it. But I still, I'm glad though I got the Angela, um, the, the, Angela, Angela David Davis yep, the Angela Davis tea, um, support our sisters. But then while I was in Nigeria, I had like this Nas Supreme tea and then he was just like, what's your reasoning for like? You- yeah. So like
1: anytime, so all my work is referential, right? Like I don't. I don't ever like hide that fact yeah. as well. Um, so like most people, if you see my work, like I've had people like send me like, yo, this looks just like your t-shirt. And I'm like, there's actually a t-shirt from the eighties that my t-shirt was inspired yep. by, right? I, like that's that's how my brain operates. I like yeah. making my interpretation. Um, so I'm working on an interpretation of the nasty nasty, but I always mm-hmm. say for me, if I'm going to... Um, use something like as uh, inspiration is really big for me to be able to hold on to the original. Um, So I want to work on a uh, collaboration uh, with an artist eventually um, that will reference that nasty, nasty, or that's just just the supreme concept of like taking a celebrity or artist or a creative Putting them on a T-shirt and then just like having their like having them sign it on the bottom, um, so on and so forth. So like yeah, I, I want to yeah. work on a project which I don't want to share right now, but you, yeah, you know about sure. it because we, we talked about it a lot. So I was like, I was like, yo, I, I think you were actually one. Where you were like, yo, I'll give you this T. trade, <laughs> trade it for the map, but for to me, go that's, back to eighth grade, the trade one hundred percent. But like for once again, like that meant so much to me though yeah. because it was like, yo, like I mean. I know you're not like a supreme head by any means, but I I also know you understand like the cultural cachet that is supreme. And so for you to say, and that that tea specifically, and so for you to say, like, yo, I know that you really, really want this like classic supreme tea, but it's on the level of like that Malcolm X tea, like, let's do a (laughs) trade. I was like, i
0: ain't gonna lie i was I, like do i want to do this trade am i
1: am i getting got you know like because i made myself a promise that i'm never reissuing any of those tees yeah you know what i'm trying to say like Thanks. not even for myself so wow. like wow yeah so like it's it's it, it, it's it makes me feel like that it makes me feel special so yeah I and anyway. and the
0: first time the reason why that shirt is is means so much to me first of all it's really it's a really cool design but really Kind of how progression where it first even started after mm. the shark thing was while me and my brother were schooling in Nigeria and we're just having conversations yeah. on the couch. And I think you were already playing around with design. Yeah, I was. And it's yeah, like yeah. it was like some Malcolm stuff. So you already got into it. That was like 2013. 12, 2013 20, yeah. yeah. So it was like you already kind of playing around with it and everything. But then I was like, Hey, like that's cool, and it was like you were working like on a jersey or something. Yes. So then that was it was like that the time. X on the back. I'm like, bro, that yeah. X on the back would be crazy. Because I remember, like, yeah, I
1: wanted to do like a series of like um, Black History mm-hmm. Legend jerseys, yeah. Or whatever. And instead of using a number for Malcolm X, I was gonna use the Roman. It was gonna be yep. an X on the back, so it was gonna be a double on yep. times Roman for ten. Um, it was well. crazy to see it
0: come to life though in like, a different way. To, for someone like me to be there with you and sp- talking about it. And then at some point seeing this T come to life was just really, yeah. it's really just crazy. That's why it's like literally my favorite out of all the collections. Like, yeah. honestly, that's the only reason why it was like, it's it the one so that much. hissed yeah. in, uh yeah. It means so much. But what's your favorite um, from the collections of all the ones you've done? Like, which one probably means the most? Yeah, I'm going to say which you. one means
1: the most. Yeah. um, The one that probably means the most to me that's come out is probably the Fred Hampton collection. That Issue ones. number two, though. Just because, like, the first shirt that I ever made was the Black Panther T-shirt. Yeah. Um, and then I think I had was trying to do research. I ended up, like, at DuSable, DuSable Museum. So I learned about Fred Hampton at the DuSable Museum. And so... um yeah, I just remember learning all about him and essentially doing a supreme tee uh for for a Hampton basically, which is yeah. like a photo tee of taking his face so on and so forth and uh just having like a a, a saying he had on the back. Yeah. It was cool. Um but then fast forward to around the time the movies dropping and that collection coming together, that was the first time I switched manufacturers for my t shirt. Um it was the first time I did an object that wasn't like traditional, right? So it also came your your t shirt came with like a lunchbox. Yeah. Um, and then we also it was the first time I did like a crazy shoot um where we went to DuSable Museum and I curated the uh, entire yeah, thing yeah. and you shot the whole thing. So yeah. it's like it was like literally Taking the little resources I had and putting everything into one thing um, and executing on it, and I think even being able to see the original T-shirt and then seeing what I was able to design on my own um, was like everything for me. So I think my yeah my favorite collection would be that second issue of it because it was a that collection was a reissue of my first T-shirt ever. Yeah, um, but on a be- better quality shirt. Yeah. Um, and then it was a reissue of my second shirt ever, which was also an updated quality on the design and the shirt itself. And it was like the care package that had came with like, um, the lunch box and the tote bag, um. And like, even it was like redacted, uh, the thank you card was redacted to feel like an yeah. FBI. So it was just like, yeah, I was, was just being a nerd. It was like, yeah, I was just able to be a nerd um, and just have a bunch of fun, man. Like I would tell people like progression is for people who appreciate streetwear, mm-hmm. um and like to nerd out about black culture. If you're mm-hmm. either one of those people, you're going to love the brand. And if you're both of those people, you're going to flip out. You know, like you're going to
0: be me. (laughs) Facts. Um, So yeah. That's really hard. And really just go into it. What is progression? And what has it, when you first started, what is progression? But when you first started and kind of just where your idea of it and where it is now and how it, it continues to evolve.
1: Yeah, I, I think originally it was just a brand that was supposed to help me buy a new pair of T shoes. <laughs> I remember like I made my first shirt um, and I was like, you know, I made a little bit of money. I, I saw like 40 shirts and I was like, oh, like this be enough to give me some Jordans. Uh, and I just remember like one of my homegirls was like, yo, when, when's the next drop? Like I, I ain't get there. And I was yeah. like, y'all want I want more? Um, so it, it was cool to see it go from just me playing around just fulfilling my childhood dream of always having a brand and to like being able to um, create opportunities for other people. So like with the scholarship um, that I was able to give out, it was about community and giving back. And so I think that somewhere along the way, like the brand um, started for me to grow to the level where like I couldn't do as many niche things um, because like so many people are just like, yo, you got something special um you need to figure out how to like make money off of it yeah um and so like yeah i think for me it was just like being focused on numbers for a while how many followers do i have so on and so forth how many people are buying all that type of stuff and i think by the time i ended with the five-year anniversary i finally was able to return back to myself in a way and say like, okay, the brand for the last five years has been about creating community through clothing. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I started the brand, I was also trying to liberate the black community. And I think that like during the pandemic, I realized that no matter how many teachers I sold, black people are still gonna end up dying and being marginalized and so for me the next five years is about recognizing the nuances of life and being able to just do what i can um with what i what what i have and the resources that i have okay. and more specifically being able to re-evaluate black culture and pick out my favorite moments from it um and package it in a way that people from our community can like be like hmm, like i didn't realize that this moment that seems so insignificant to me could actually have so much impact. Like I like I said, I always reference like the the Granny's house shoot that yeah. we had did where it's just like how many of us like genuinely do take for granted. You no, know, I know holidays together for everybody might not always be perfect, but like those moments when they are really good. Like how many of us take the time not to necessarily like Be there because obviously we are, but take the time to actually take a step back and say, like, yo, like, this is black culture, this is our culture. Let me sit back and actually like savor this for a moment. And I think like what we did together was like very, very like it captured it super well. Yeah. Like, because we, I mean, like, and people don't understand, like, we were intentional with the lighting. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, it was supposed to feel like christmas yep. or you know thanksgiving warm and, warm yeah like in the 90s you know what we grew up with yep. um and so i think when i look forward to the next five years of the brand it's pretty much leaning into what we had did the first five years but doing it more intentionally and when i say that i mean this um there's so much more power when you're able to define the actions that you're doing and i think that that's what i mean when i say like i want to be doing that for the next five years so it's like I didn't know that I wasn't going to be able to like liberate the black community through a t-shirt, right? But once I finally said it out loud to myself, I realized that my product isn't a t-shirt, my product is community. And so with every collection I drop, there has to be a community aspect. If there's no community aspect, then I shouldn't be making it. Because at the end of the day, um, there's a bunch of brands that like put amazing slogans on a t-shirt, Yeah. Um, but I don't want anyone to ever feel like that's all it ever is, right? It's an mm-hmm. amazing word or amazing phrase on a t-shirt, right? It's like, are you actually putting money in people's pockets the way you were when you were a small brand? Um, are you still doing pop-ups the way you were when you were a small brand, right? I think the bigger the brands get, the less um, personal bull they feel um, yeah. and the more of a giant it feels. And I don't ever want the brand to ever be, I don't want anyone to ever question like, oh, he just making black men are future t-shirts cause like, he know, that's gonna be an automatic check. Mm-hmm. Or he making Let like boys be, right? It's like, so like one of the projects I'm working on is like, it has to have a scholarship, right? Actually, I think there is some level of scholarship or free services that will be implemented in every project that I have. And it happens so naturally, like it doesn't have to be forced, right? Like, and I think that that's the most fun part about it for me is like, I'm able to do all the original ideas I had with the brand when I was just dreaming because I have the budget for it now, or I have the access and the resources, the people who believe in me to help me execute on it as well. And so that's what the next future of the brand looks like. It looks like community, right? Like it, it looks like less, about less focus on the t-shirts and more focus on the community
0: yeah yeah you went to atlanta twice now right no. um the first time was was crazy it was, crazy. Um, it was, I, really- was <laughs> I was able to be a part of that one and i, yes. I enjoyed it a lot we were it part was. of the team it was you know it was it was memorable for sure and you went a second time i heard mm-hmm. it was successful this time around and it, you, you got a chance to you know um be a being a, I guess, in a space that was with the other creatives that were, yeah. it was kind of like you know, the first time was like a just a test, you know.
1: Well, that's what it was, and we didn't even know it at the time.
0: Exactly, but with that being said, can we expect any more? I'm sorry, sorry. Like, <laughs> can we expect any more pop ups or mm-hmm. things like that? Yeah, um, man, I, in the, in the I have to.
1: I have to figure out how to get out of my rut. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, but I think. Um, Yes The answer is Like straight up is yes There will will be pop ups I want to do a pop up Here in Chicago Mm -hmm. But for whatever reason It just seems easier To do stuff Out of town Right now Which is weird Because there was a time where it was hard to do anything out of town um so to answer your question technically i'm doing a pop-up right after i get up out of here um, yeah. i'll be at uic um typically those type of events i'm just always low-key just kind of just selling on the side but i got a really cool opportunity to go to cornell university oh that's um, dope so that's happening um and so i'll be showcasing my thesis work so to kind of get into that a little bit more um i was having a conversation about can you decolonize space through fashion mm. um and so that question came up to me after i was doing some Work and reading around this Nigerian artist Her name is Bubu Um, And it's crazy Because I actually met Bubu When I was in Nigeria And if I didn't get this book From Gentry That he gifted to me Right before I left I wouldn't have learned about her And I read about her On my first night When I was in Nigeria Ask me when I met her the very next day. No, I met her on Gentry's birthday. Oh, wow. Isn't that like crazy? Full yeah, circle. Full circle. Um and so like yeah, met her. And essentially what ends up happening is um she kind of puts me on game. But she's the first one to add like like make me think about clothes in that way. Um and so when I was in Nigeria I spent the rest of my time once again figuring out how have I shown up decolonizing space through fashion. Right. And so when you take this for example, right? Mm-hmm. This is one of my this is probably a really perfect example. Um, this is an MA like liner jacket, right? This yeah. is typically used for like people who are in the war yeah. or like people who like are pilots and so on and stuff. People in the military, right? Um, so anyone who knows, like looks at this is like this is basically like a military jacket. Um, but on the back of this jacket, it says black women are the future. Mm-hmm. And so it's pretty much taking what they gave us, right? This is like an American product. This is like American style, right? This is what people will consider Americana style. Yeah, I take that Americana style and I flip it to make it tell the story that I want to, right? So I'm almost recontextualizing it. And so I'm decolonizing space by one, having a strong message whenever you walk into a room that makes people question the authority in that space, but also in a very literal way, I'm taking the garments that they our oppressors gave us yeah. and saying, I'm going to do what I want with it rather than just putting it on and simply assimilating. Yeah. Um, And so what I ended up doing when I was in Nigeria was I took my favorite Americana piece ever, which is like the Carhartt work jacket. I t- retooled the 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 um what's the word I'm looking for? The the pattern for it. Um and essentially I was able to reconstruct all of those patterns um and and make my own like progression, like handmade from scratch jackets yeah. that reference like our material. And so it's literally taking a product that I normally enjoy and making it my own so much that I took that shape, that silhouette, that super familiar silhouette and replaced it with something that was more familiar to our culture which is the Ankara print um and so like yeah i think like i'm going to be able to so so i say all that to say i'm going to um cornell to do a fashion show um and like be able to like showcase this brand for the first time and a new look of the brand um and it's all working together um for a thesis that I'm working on which will then answer that question or at least attempt to answer the question because I I hope people you know see it and be like all you did was like take a Carhartt jacket and flipped it like is that really decolonizing Mm -hmm. space um but that's how they say you have a good thesis right is when you can bring something up um and it doesn't answer the question it just adds more Um, context or or more evidence to the conversation that's happening. And so once again, it goes back to what we're talking about, which is, if y'all don't remember anything from this conversation with me and you, is everything that can be done has already been done. The most important thing is your interpretation. Um, And so like this collection is so important to me because I wrote a 4,000 word essay about how black people over time have literally used fashion to decolonize space from like the slave wear that they had and being able to take those like random cuts and and tears and quote them all back together um to like in the 60s with the civil rights movement using respectability politics and wearing suits so when they were hosed down people around the world would be like why are all these well-to-do people being hosed down to being able to use like um in the 70s and 80s with the black power movement like Panther Party, the leather jackets, the froze, all that type of stuff. Then in transitioning to the 90s, you think of like a different world, the Africana, you have people, you know, wearing like the dashikis and so on and so forth. To like the current time where you have a lot of like protest t-shirts, right? Not even just mine. Um, You have people like making t-shirts that like, why be a homophobe? Like, you know that one? So like that's the current era that we're in with it. But like, From my research, you can see, even from this quick spiel, like people have always used fashion to decolonize space. That's crazy. Um, And so I've just created a bunch of items that is my interpretation of that. And so I'm super excited to go out there, get pictures done. My homie wants to create like a film out of it as well, potentially. Um, So yeah, it should be fun. Yeah.
0: Wow. And this is, you're in your final year now. Final uh, semester. Yeah. A couple more months. (laughs) Final semester, right? You know what's crazy, bro? You know, I got a job. Oh, where? So you remember how? And
1: once again, this is gonna be yeah. more to having this conversation. Do you remember like the day um, you were I,
0: doing the whole set in Nigeria? For and you everything? know,
1: I was doing the stuff for classes, and you was like, "Bro, like if you got it, just pay it off." And da 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 da. Um, so I was able to pay off the last wow. semester, right? But um, I didn't have a job for this semester, so I didn't know how I was gonna pay this semester, yeah. bro. Um, I ended up. So when I was in undergrad, I'll just say it like this, bro. I was an undergrad and I participated with this organization and this office on campus. Yeah. I actually knew the guy who started this office on campus, right, uh-huh. so this office, you can make the argument, wouldn't exist without this nigga. And like, he was like basically my mentor. Um, I send my resume into a bunch of places um, and this lady gets back to me and she's like, yo, I like your resume, but it looks more like for graphic design. Can you write me a cover letter so I know you're actually qualified for this job? So I'm writing her the cover letter. It comes, it dawns on me, I'm reflecting on what to write in there, bro. Literally the decisions I had made as a 22 year old or Mm -hmm. 21 year old had literally become the reason that I am able to pay off school because I ended up getting the job and in the interview and in my cover letter, I'm literally telling her like the reason why I'm qualified is because quite literally as an undergrad i was participating in this program yeah and like participated on a level where i was on a first name basis with the guy who literally started this entire office in the first place so i was just like it's crazy i always tell people the past the present and the future all happen at the same time and that's this example is a perfect way of how that illustrates itself because and in the past i was doing things that presently you know Helped me pay for school, yeah. and it, when it was the past, it was the future at some point, and so like it was just a really full circle moment to like have this job on campus where it's just like, I mean, you can make the argument that like if I didn't, you know, participate with this organization or this this club mm-hmm. when I was in undergrad, un- un- unknowingly to myself at yeah. that, I might not be able to graduate because day before school, like I was telling mom, I was like, "Yo, I'm not going back." She <laughs> like, "Boy, don't play with me." Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I ended up getting a job on campus, but like yeah, awesome. I'm in my final semester.
0: Yeah, yeah. And what what have you taken from graphic design, mm-hmm. um, specifically there, um, and have brought it into your um design process, mm-hmm. or have you even taken anything from there, or do you feel yeah. like it's things that outside of it? I'm just curious. No, on- that's a great
1: question. I think I always tell people this. First of all don't go back to school unless you like, have a very like specific reason to go back. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will also say this, if you can go back to school off the strength of you just being able to afford it, mm-hmm. uh, you should 100% go back to school. And I, I say that to say like, I'm, I'm smart. Like I genuinely feel really, really smart. The program did not teach me how to design, mm-hmm. um, but the program, it taught me how to, one, research, because UIC still a research institution, even though I'm in art school. And then two, it also like, it just put my work in front of a bunch of people who would have never, ever been able to engage with it. Because I'm the only black kid in my program besides my homie Malcolm. Um, and we don't have any black faculty and so on and so forth. So it just got me in a place of being able to like talk about my work in a very academic way to make it make sense for them. Yeah. But then I was able to like, take these really crazy large concepts and super like critical concepts that I was talking about in school and then was able to, um, what's the word I'm looking for, commercialize it and kind of implement it into progression. Okay. Um, So like, I am very effective in getting across my ideas via progression because I went back to school um, and it allowed me to refine the way I think. So like, for example, for my thesis, um, there's there's three components to it, right? And this is the secret, right? If you wanna have a successful project in what you're doing with anything, this is if you do these three things, I can almost guarantee it'll work. And this is what grad school has taught me. And once again, yeah. because I have the language for it, because i reflected over it and I know what I was, I've always done this, but now I have the words behind it so I can exploit it and do it more intentionally now. Have the historical context. We can't, we don't have access to our ancestors anymore. So we can't talk to the past. But we can talk to the past by reading their stories and so on and so forth so that's step one after you do that you you take that information you synthesize it and then you place it into your context and you create your own interpretation or output based off of what you just learned from the history right so that's your own art right then the final portion that a lot of people don't understand um or overlook is the community aspect so for my thesis when I asked the question of how am I decolonizing space through fashion, I did the research. So part one of my book will be about the historical significance with the paper and all that stuff. Part two will be the trip to Nigeria and all the work that I made. Mm-hmm. Part three will be a series of interviews in which I talk to people and ask them about like their interpretation of it. But then there also will be a portion of the book where they'll be able to rip out pages and design their own t-shirt. So once again, now the user will be, a, so one, There's now there's four users, right? User one is the past, user two is me, user three is the interviews that I'm doing in there, but then user four is the person who's actually taking the book that I made and I'm not giving them the opportunity to create their own interpretation, right? Everyone just wants to be included. Everyone just wants to be seen. And so that's what I, I've i learned in grad school is if you want to do something, you need to have community involvement at always. And it's not that grad school told me that it was just through all the working that I was doing in grad school that I realized that. Mm-hmm. And I realized that that's how I want to work. Um, and so I think I view it as like a cheat code or, yeah. or like just a reference guide of like, do you have the historical significance to prove that what you're saying is true? Do you have your own output to make something new? And then do you have the um, the, the the words from your community that lets us know that like you spoke to people before you put this out there to let them mm-hmm. know that like, I see you. yeah. Okay,
0: so that's, you created like your own
1: frame. Yeah, so that's my frame. That's my, that's my cheat code that I gave y'all for free.
0: (laughs) Also, and then Nigeria, um, we had the chance to go back in December, but even before December, you had the opportunity to go back in the summer, just you and mom. Um, So with that, you were specifically during that time in June, Mm -hmm. um, you went, you were, what was your, your whole purpose behind that trip? Like the whole intention behind it? I know part of it was the grad school part. Yeah. And. It seems like everything that you're kind of doing in grad school still feeds into progression. Yeah. So was it those two things were they separate or was it all kind of just one thing specifically for grad school? Like no,
1: I think for me, um, it was it was because like, you know, Granny just died on on dad's side, yeah. and um, that was like our last living ancestor, and I felt like you know, there's a there's a sacrifice or there's a trade off that we oftentimes don't talk about as first generation, which is like our parents come here to like give us a better opportunity for like life and resources and all that type of stuff. But at the same time, like they also don't like talk about how we don't have like close relationships with like friends and family. Um, and so like, I think I went out there because I was really, really big on just making sure that like I could connect with the place that like our forefathers, our grandma like was from. Um, and so like, That's why the question about like decolonization even came to my mind in the first place because I was like, due to colonization, my family felt the need to leave their only country that they've ever known to go to another place just for more opportunities. And to me, that's like completely unfair. I was frustrated. And so I wanted to be able to say like, if I had grew up here, like I know I'm not going to be able to figure that out on a two month trip or a month long trip, but like, can I just get a little taste of like, where like my mom walked around, right? Um, Where my cousins hang out, all that type of stuff. So that was kind of like what gave me the backdrop to what eventually became the trip um, that I went on. And so that's why I think the work that I made became so powerful um, because it was intentional um, and so on and so forth. So that the, the real intention behind the trip was like, I want to just go home because I just lost my last living ancestor. Yeah. And I just haven't been back in so long. I feel like there's a part of me that I have not explored yet that I would like to. And as a result, it's crazy because by going back, like that's something that I'm always going to make sure I include in like all my work, which is like, how do I like tell all of who i am right um you know which is like a nigerian american yeah
0: for sure wow appreciate you um telling me a little bit about that yeah and then i just want to get like kind of like you know your your thoughts on the whole you know this is kind of out the way but your whole thoughts on the pharrell um stepping into you know i have a conversation with my homie Deb. i mean you know Deb. so i had a conversation with Deb, and you know he's his feelings is like, oh, it could be, it could be really good. It can be, be a mess, you know. Yeah. Um, but what do you, what's your take on that? Has my, a, di- a person that's a, a my take or is like, it's not going to be bad at all. Okay. It's going to be great. Um, but just because it's going to be great, don't mean it's
1: good. Yeah. I was disappointed that they gave the opportunity to a celebrity, a mm-hmm. multi-millionaire celebrity. Um, it almost kind of felt like posturing and playing in our face because. Um, for folks who don't know the original names that had rose to the surface were um uh ooh, I'm forgetting um one of them, what is the name of the sneaker um they did a shoe there's a like a there's two british women um both of them are black actually wow um, One of them has a phenomenal uh, London-based brand. Uh, She did an Adidas collaboration where she redid the Samba, her interpretation, which is nuts. Oh, it's gonna bother me until I find the name. So I'm gonna wait till the next question so I can Google it. Um, But essentially, yeah, it was those two women and it was Telfar Clemens.
0: Oh, yeah, wow.
1: so it was like, it but kinda, they were
0: intentional in the, trying to have someone black be in the space.
1: Well, yeah, that I, like, I, but I, that's that's not my, my. I guess my real issue with this was they went from Virgil to then naming three black actual designers, yeah. two of them being women and one of them being queer, to then um, just eventually just choosing out yeah. of what felt like the blue a black celebrity yeah. um, that I oftentimes don't even think necessarily represents the culture well, no offense. Um to Pharrell. But I think the whole point I'm trying to make is like, it's also Pharrell. So like we've seen what he could do, right? We've seen what he he did with his collaboration with uh Human Race and Adidas. We've seen what he, he did with his collaboration with Babe. He had BBC and Ice Cream, which was like every streetwear dude's favorite brand growing up. So I think it's less of a question of like will it will it look well or not? And more of a question of like why did y'all give a opportunity to a, a man who really didn't need it? Um, it doesn't make the, the thing any less exciting, right? I, I still think it's exciting, but for me, it's just disappointing that I, another man, Yeah. as much as I hate to say it, is like, just gets another opportunity mm-hmm. that I don't want to say doesn't deserve it. Because once again, Pharrell has the resume to be there, sure. but like Pharrell also doesn't need an, another opportunity. That's what I'm saying. Pharrell yeah. doesn't need another opportunity.
0: Yeah, and one of Virgil's big things too was, I think, was for blacks to create opportunities yes. for others who had don't ha, have not had the opportunity And yet.
1: What would have been more crazy is if Pharrell was like, "Yo, I appreciate the look," mm-hmm. and so Kid Super did the collection. He's the one yeah, who did the fall winter.
0: In, um, it would have been Paris. dope if
1: Pharrell was like, "Yo," and maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he is still planning to do. But it would have been dope if Pharrell was like, "Yo, I appreciate the look." I actually know a black designer that would be able to benefit from this opportunity. Give him the position, or give her the position, give them the position. But then let me just do a collection, like let me just do the spring summer. Yeah. Let me do spring summer twenty four. Y'all announce the person after that, and we call it a day. Yeah. That that's what should have been done, <laughs> and and I only thought about that because of what you said, Virgil was big on that, right? Yeah. Like giving black people opportunities,
0: and I think like Pharrell should have did that. Like, yeah. Yeah. What do you yeah. <laughs> What do you take away from someone like Virgil um during his time here and still um the things that he's left in his legacy like yeah you know what what has been huge for you um you know I think we've all taken stuff away yeah. people who are not necessarily designers as well yeah. um but him being as well as a uh, having you know immigrant parents and being Gu- um Ghanaian mm-hmm. and you but know Rockford so he, Rockford, he from you from crib know? too yeah. so it's like what 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 have you taken from him and you know kind of you still kind of like listen to or has you know shifted something in your own your own perspective, yeah. your own life that you've implemented. Is there anything that you for sure um taking away? Yeah,
1: I think I always tell people, man, I didn't appreciate Virgil enough when mm-hmm. he was alive. Um and when I say that, um, you know, like I never really studied Virgil that much mm-hmm. um when he was alive. I think, like, especially, I, it's a little tongue-in-cheek what he did. But, like, you remember when, like, there was a thing to be like, uh, I'm going to send you two Virgils. Because, like, he had donated, like, money like during a, like, a that. pandemic and screenshot it. People was making fun of him for it. Um, so, yeah, I, I wasn't, like, a the biggest fan of Virgil when he was alive. But I think also the thing about Virgil and a lot of creators is, like, you think what they're doing is gimmicky or you think what they're doing is, like, just, like trying stuff and throwing it at a wall and so when you ask me like what did I learn from Virgil when he died I obviously was upset when he died right because it was super exciting a black man was the yeah. like, African black man that was also like traditionally trained as an engineer and um architect yeah. right you know what I'm trying to say like ended up becoming the first black man to be like the head of Louis Vuitton like menswear and um I think yeah When I learned about who he was and like the way he thought and so on and so forth, I was like, oh, snap, like we literally lost like one of the most brilliant people to ever exist. And matter of fact, I don't like to use the word genius a lot. I like to use the word brilliant more. But to me, Virgil was genuinely a genius. Um, He has this rule that he calls 2 percent where like he looks at an object and he changes it by 2 percent um and when you understand that that was like a design choice that he made intentionally it recontextualizes how you view the work right yeah so like there's this Louis Vuitton briefcase that they recently um rolled out that is like at a slant like a like a slant and he literally changed the design by like two percent right he has a dress shirt that he made for his first Louis Vuitton shirt where he takes the collars and he snips them still is a collar, right? He changed it by 2%. Yeah. And so when you see the hat that he had, people was making money because he put all those holes in them, he changed it by 2%. Mm. You look at the Off-White logo, which is the same logo for the Glasgow Airport. Yeah probably genuinely changed it by 2%. So that's what I'm saying. The dude was smart, right? So for you, if you don't study his work, it's like this nigga just put a bunch of holes and stuff. That don't make sense. Mm-hmm. But when you actually learn like, oh, like this man could genuinely be in a computer changing stuff by 2% or this man literally understands the concept of everything that has been done, can be done, has already been done. So what's my interpretation? For him, his interpretation was 2%. For me, my interpretation is blackifying everything, right? Mm-hmm. Like, how do we take an American icon and make it black and recontextualize yeah. it? so like I've been studying Virgil so much more since he's been dead um than he was alive, and I the only thing I can say about Virgil is I wish I appreciated him more while he was living, and I wish I could have met Virgil while he was living, but I will also say that like he's just has so much great work um they're like, yeah, the only person that like people like. Talk about that, I'm like, yo, I aspire to be like that person. Is virtual, so like, yeah. I, that's what I have to say about virtual.
0: Yeah. Wow. Well, I appreciate you hopping on. We talked about a lot. covered yeah, a lot. Bro. I feel like still so much we, we yeah, covered, but, but like but no, we will
1: we, we, we'll be back. We'll be back for sure. I think um, yeah, the, the, we'll, we'll also like talk about like like ways we can like develop some synergy, um, yeah, and so on and so forth uh, between there because I think that like also um, now that we're doing this, there actually could be space. For you to participate in my thesis, mm. um,
0: like I love that, like like
1: being like in conversation, yeah. Because I haven't, I, I'll tell you about it offline too. But like, there's, uh, I wanted my degree to feel like a community degree, right? Like I always tell people, I I didn't go back to school for myself. When yeah. I said go back, I mean, this semester, I was going to drop out, right? Like, mm-hmm. I think <laughs> I was at that point where I was going to drop out. Um, but, like, literally, the conversation, you told me to go back. Mom told me to go back. Yeah. Everyone I spoke to was basically saying, like, nigga, you're so close. Why wouldn't you just go back? So, like, yeah, bro. Like, I, I genuinely want y'all to be a part of my thesis so much to the level where, like, your name is, like, part of the list wow. of things that I submit. Um, so, there's going to be a uh, part of my thesis, God willing, that if I complete it, um it requires uh, a community space to be engaged um well i'm building a community space that i want to have engagement in it'll be dope to have a live conversation or like a live podcast yeah um where we have this conversation like in front of people as well um so like yeah we'll we'll talk about that more for sure uh, i love
0: that yeah (laughs) so that's another episode with the um wonderful shay um Yeah. yeah no you're cool um, with the wonderful Shay um, It was amazing Having you on And just even You know We talked about certain things That I didn't even really know about yeah. But every time we talked I know I always, always feel like We just learned yeah. I'm always gaining something And learning something new So yeah. I really appreciate Those conversations Of course And, um, and then let me just do The, the quick so Like you
1: said My name is Shay um, I typically go by Olu um, And then you can find me On Instagram At P-R-G-R-S-S-N um, And then um, That's the same thing On Twitter um, and then the website is PRGRSSN.com. Um, we're doing a much better job of having stuff on stock in the website. Okay. So go ahead and check stuff out. There probably is stuff on there now. Um, but I appreciate all the support we've had over the last five years and I'm excited to grow with uh the brand over the next five years with the people like you um that I started it with too, man. So I also yeah. want to give you a flowers and say like thank you for being like a like a a great brother. Um and generally someone who like fucks with the brand. You know what I'm trying to yeah. say, like to the point where, like, you're constantly wearing it all the time, bro. When I'm um, even having to ask you or beg, I've never had to beg you to like support me. So I really for appreciate sure, it, bro. Like, love. it means it means a lot, bro. Like I'm literally here because of people like you, bro. So I love you, man. I appreciate you. No, I love you too,
0: dog, mm-hmm. for sure. So yes, like, subscribe and share. Share. I'm gonna like, say one more thing on this too, because also, that's the only yeah.
1: thing. That's the only thing that that allows this thing to grow. You know, I always remind people, like, yo, if you can't buy a t-shirt send a link to a homie that can, right? Yeah. So if you really enjoy this episode of this podcast, um, literally send it to, to someone that you know, um, that you think could gain something from it. Um, the only way anything that anybody's working on can grow is by people sharing it. Um, and your first customers might not always be your final customers, but they're oftentimes your friends and your family. So True. please support this dude. He's doing something really, really positive. I see those
0: clips of podcasts be going around and he's not talking about that stuff. So, you <laughs> know, um, support him, support him, please. No facts, and I apologize for any of the noise in the background. You see, I'm making, like you said, making things work with what I have. Yeah. You know, studio comes soon, at some point. But, you know, we're making it work, so I really appreciate um you all sticking um sticking through and just hearing what we had to say. Um, And I didn't even get a chance to ask you, but yeah. if there's any words that you would like to just say for any artists before we do sign up, yes. um, please share any um, insightful things you
1: have. The best thing I never did was quit, yeah. and the best thing I ever did was start. Okay. That's
0: it. That's it. That's so it. that's it. We're out. Um, me and Shay Olu as another one signing out. Peace. Thank y'all. Yeah, I feel like a lil, yeah, lil, uh, lil, uh, lil, yeah.